Thank you all for that special and uh, very thankful for a lot of the talented folks the Lord uh, has at the church and has brought to the church. I was uh, with my my youth pastor, still call him my youth pastor, he hasn't been my youth pastor in a long time, uh, but with my youth pastor earlier this week on uh, Friday, we were uh, working on some stuff over at the house together, he's helping me with something, and um, he uh, was mentioning their struggles with uh, some of the music, having to use canned music, and that they're probably going to hire out somebody, and I said, I almost don't want to tell you this, I said, I got, we got five piano players at our church right now. And he goes, I hate you. <laughs> I'm very sorry, but uh, boy, never take that for granted. The Lord's just blessed us uh, with uh, people that uh, want to use, have a talent and want to use it for the Lord's glory. And uh, so very, very thankful for that. It is a tremendous blessing. All right, well, let's take our Bibles. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter number four here tonight. Proverbs chapter number four. <clears throat> and um, I, uh, I chuckle a little bit of uh, some of our missteps today because uh, about the time you think we got this thing worked out you know then the Lord reminds you you don't <laughs> and, uh, uh, just a reminder of uh, if you ever want to go to a really uh, you know polished production church you're at the wrong place because uh, uh, despite our best efforts sometimes uh, things don't always work out and for me I'm you know in the back of my mind I sit back and be like it's all right it's not that big of a deal and uh Anyways, I think it's a lot of fun, and uh, anyways, thankful this morning we were able to drop our music on the piano and make lots of noise before our special, and the tarply shuffling papers around tonight, and words not right on the screen, and, and uh, what a blessing, amen, it's just great, what a great way to end the year, and uh, it can only go up next year from this point, and yeah, so it's a blessing. All right, if you found your place there in Proverbs 4, let's stand together if you have to honor the reading of God's Word. Simple thought tonight, uh, we should be, uh, I almost hate saying this in any sermon because I, I give a preface of saying it's going to be a short sermon and then I'll get on something and it winds up being long, but I believe it to be a short thought tonight, but one that I hope you can take into the new year that, that can be a help to you. And uh, <clears throat> so anyways, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23, it says this, keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it, your heart, are the issues of life. Just a simple thought here tonight of this. Conduct comes from condition. Conduct comes from condition. May God bless the reading of His Word. You can be seated. <clears throat> Thank you for standing in honor of the, uh, the Scriptures uh, here this evening. <clears throat> the date was February 21st, 1988. A message went around the United States and in many ways around the world that shocked multitudes of people. A man with tear-filled eyes asked for everyone's forgiveness for his infidelity and improper behavior. This man was none other than the famous televangelist Jimmy Swaggart. Some of you all might remember that taking place. It was quite a scandal at the time. But what became more scandalous about it is some three years later, a similar event took place of a man caught in the same sin, and to this day he's still on the TV from what I understand, and still out and doing some of those uh, tele-evangelist things. Now obviously, uh, 
if you've been coming to Bible Baptist any length of time and you have any inkling of who Jimmy Swaggart is, you would understand we're not of the same ilk or camp or persuasion in almost any fashion, right? And so there's obviously a vast difference there. But there is something to be said about the human condition, though, that would take somebody who is a self-proclaimed preacher, right? In my estimation, more of a charlatan, but a self-proclaimed preacher that is out there and is apparently, in his, in his words, preaching the gospel, right? And trying to reach people. And yet, uh, what often would be the phrase that would be used is, has fallen into sin. I don't know, so I really like that phrasing because people typically don't stumble into sin. They don't fall into it. There's a choice that's made. But you wonder what multitude of choices were made that led up to those egregious choices that then a life becomes, in Paul's words, a fear of being an outcast or a castaway or of little value to the cause of Christ. Jesus, even in the Sermon on the Mount, said there's a great danger of being the salt of the earth, if we uh, become ineffective in our witness, we can lose our savor. Salt that's supposed to be distinct then becomes good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Is that our testimony can become so marred and it can become so worthless that we cease being the salt of the earth and instead are worthless to the ability and cause of Christ to share the gospel. Now, again, that's not to say there's not forgiveness and there's not usefulness, but the scarring of a testimony uh, when we uh, uh, malign and tear up the name of Christ through our sins instead of living holy, living wickedly. Now, we could look at preachers because Jimmy Swaggart is not an island in and of himself because there have been, unfortunately, many preachers who have made shipwreck of their life in ministry because of poor moral choices, right? That, that it wouldn't be hard for us to find those uh, occasions and situations. But what I'd be interested in here tonight is not just the pulpit, but extending to the pew that there have been believers and Christians who have made shipwreck of their life and have morally uh, degraded and torn down the name of Christ in the eyes of their co-workers and families and those that they should be witnessing to, they now have become a disgrace and now have uh, maligned and torn up the name of Christ. So the question in my mind arises, what weakness was present in an individual's life that makes them fall into sin? It's a good question to ask because... If we're so prideful that we think it'll never happen to us, you need to beware, right? Take heed lest ye fall, right? Uh, We need to be mindful we're not above those temptations and those abilities to fall. And that could be in any number of area, whatever sin or vice that you struggle with. We need to be very mindful that we can absolutely tear up the name of Christ by having the wrong testimony. Now, I believe the answer to this question, what weakness is present that makes people fall into sin, in this very proverb, which is before us here, which is this, the heart is the heart of the issue. So, 
just to break down the verse, again, just do some quick work on the uh, Proverbs that's given for us here. It says this, keep thy heart. Now, again, just for sake of just, just going to say none of us know any of what these words mean. and just kind of defining terms and what it's talking about. The word keep there uh, holds the idea like an old medieval castle. Now, I don't know about you when I was a kid. I was intrigued by medieval castles. I thought they were just the coolest thing ever. Because you got, you know, the, the moat and then the outer walls and then maybe some inner walls. But right in the middle of that castle grounds that was there, there's one particular building that's called the keep, right? It's that most fortified part of the structure whereby if one layer falls, they fall back and then they fall back to the keep, right? That's the fallback point. It's the final stage, the most secure area in a castle. Now, if you can take that mentality, that's, in essence, what the word here means in Proverbs 4.23 of keep is this. Build up some defenses. Dig a moat, have some outer walls, some inner walls, and then there's the keep, and have some protection that's set up around your heart. Well, what's the heart? Well, obviously, the instruction for tonight is not for you to go home and take care of medically your physical heart. Now, that, that might be a good instruction that you could receive from your doctor. Uh, but here when he's talking about keep thy heart, he's not talking about make sure you got good blood pressure and cholesterol is taken care of and you, you're protecting your physical heart. I think most of us would understand if you've been a believer any length of time that the heart in the Bible has a lot less to do with that muscle that's pumping inside your chest. And it has everything to do with that part that is the seat of our emotions. Uh, if you say it this way, that inner part of us that feels, that thinks, that inner conversation that we have, uh, the real us on the inside. And, and so he, when he says this, he says, keep thy heart. He's saying this, set up a castle around the inside of you, your emotions, your, your uh, seat of thinking, the place where you process information and have that internal conversation that part of the real you on the inside, set up some boundaries. Set up a keep around thy heart. Well, to what extent are we to keep our heart? Well, he says this, keep thy heart with what? All diligence. I, sometimes I love the emphasis that's placed in Scripture because it almost sounds repetitive because the word diligence literally means to set a watch. So when he says this, keep thy heart with all diligence, he's saying this, 24-hour shift. Uh, again, with the castle theme, <clears throat> what good is a castle if it's not manned? What good is all the moat and the walls if the enemy could just walk up and just scale the wall or walk through the gate? So what he's saying here is you have to have this, these borders and these protections put up, but you need to do it with all diligence. Which means this, there needs to be a continuous watch, a, a continuous manning of the stations so that the fortification does exactly what it's intended to do, to protect that seat of our emotions, the real us on the inside. So he says, keep thy heart with all diligence. Well, what does it matter that we do that? Why are we supposed to keep our heart with all diligence? Well, because he says this, for out of it, <clears throat> out of the heart, are the issues of life. Now, issues there deals with this, 
like the flowing of water. Now, the, <laughs> the idea here is this, is that if you allow junk in, what then comes out would be junk. If you allow good things in, the product that then comes out would be good. So what he's saying is, every issuance of your life, the words that come out of your mouth, the actions that your hands do, the places that your eyes look, the conversation that your ears become privy to, the places where your feet go, all of those things are bound up in what we allow into our heart because then what is allowed into our heart will flow out. So all the issues of life, all of the outflowings of our life really are determined by what we allow into our life. I mean, Jesus even said the same thing. He said, you can't expect to receive sweet water from bitter sources. It doesn't work that way. You can't expect sweet waters from bitter sources. Sweet is sweet and bitter is bitter. You can't mix the two. And what the idea there is, if we allow good in, there can be good that flows out. If we allow bad and bitter things in, there's going to be bad and bitter things that then flow out of our life. The scriptures would say in Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What we allow in is exactly who we are. So how does our heart become filled with evil and wickedness? So this is a, maybe a, a good question. How does an individual, like, uh, say, our Jimmy Swagger's been our example here, how does an individual get to the point where they allow an outflowing of their life where there is this evil action that takes place? Well, I'd like to submit to you, it, he didn't just wake up one day and go, I'm going to do this gross sin today. Th that's not how that works. Instead, there was day after day and event after event, and maybe it was over a process of many decades there was a letting down of the guard. The castle gate was left open. There wasn't diligent watches that were going on. And there was infiltration of seemingly innocent things that weren't that big of a deal. But they became progressively worse and worse and worse. We talked about it this morning in our Sunday school class. The Bible talks about it this way. You can sear your conscience with a hot iron. It's kind of like the idea that you can take meat that is tender and, and juicy, but if you put it on a, a hot grill and leave it there for hours on end, burning and burning and burning, eventually what that's going to turn into is chewy jerky that is burnt to a crisp. Well, God has given us a tender conscience, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and things that should bother us, if we don't allow them to bother us like they should, Eventually, we become desensitized to them. And over time, things that ought to make a believer blush, instead, we don't even bat an eye at. And so we wonder, how does this progression for somebody wind up way out in this crazy area out here? What well, happens day after day, moment after moment, where the guard is let down, where we allow seemingly innocent things that are, are yet sinful they're just not way over there they're just these small foxes right that spoil the vine and we allow those things to infiltrate our heart i mean it's not like we're letting the whole army and it's just one guy that got through the wall what's the big deal day after day when we allow those things to infiltrate our heart we begin to sear our conscience 
and things that should bother us don't bother us as much anymore. And before long, what begins to issue out of our life, we say, how did I end up here? Many of us, it's because of the little decisions that we made way back over here that now are affecting us now. And I wonder, maybe even here tonight, there's some uh, reaping from some sowing that took place that maybe there's an individual that's saying, I don't want to struggle with this anymore. This is an area of my life that's turned into this monster of an outflow, and, and, and I don't want this anymore. I allowed junk in, and now I'm reaping the junk that's coming out. What do I need to do? Well, I'm thankful that it works the other way too. Amen. That we can allow good influences into our life. We can keep our heart which means this, blocking some bad influences and allowing some good ones in. <clears throat> Many people uh, have described it as kind of like an, a cause and effect. I like to describe it kind of like a spiraling effect. So that <laughs> if we allow good into our heart, what, what can happen is, as we allow good in, there's good outflow. And as there's good outflow, we can allow more good in. It almost becomes where we can build upon that and we can grow, grow, grow and wind up to a place where God wants us to be. The opposite can happen also too, can't it? That we allow negative influences in and then an outflow that is negative and it almost spirals out of control so that then where we wind up almost becomes unrecognizable. I often wonder, how do believers wind up out of church, away from God, not where they're supposed to be, their life shipwrecked, and it doesn't happen because they woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm giving up on God, I'm done with this Christian thing, it's all a bunch of fooey and I'm through. Oftentimes it starts with one decision, I'm going to lay out of church today. It starts with one decision, I don't like how that person's tone sounded to me today. I don't much like that particular church member anymore. Come on now, and if we're not careful, we can allow chinks in the armor of the keep of our heart and we can allow negative influences begin to boil in. In the surrounding verses around verse number 23, there's actually a very telling uh, statement about ways in which we can allow things into our life. In verse number 20, he says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life of those that find them in health uh, to all their flesh. When you look around these verses, not just in those, but the ones around them, it begins to point out some things, gateways, if you will, into the keep of our life. Eyes, mouth, ears, feet, places that we go, things that we listen to, things that we consume and that we watch, and conversations that we partake in. The enemy within our flesh desires these things and wants to indulge in sinful events and sinful things. So say this, what one of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, hears a juicy piece of gossip and doesn't go, I want to know. Come on, we want to be in the know, don't we? Oh yeah, we love to be in the know. You hear that juicy piece of information being tossed up and you go, I think I can get a... Uh, you know, like a Horton here's a who thing. I'm going to get a big old ear here so I can listen to what's going on. I just pry myself into that conversation, you know. And uh, I want to be able to pray for him intelligently. And so we can force ourselves in. If we're not careful, what can seem rather innocent can turn into a monster down the road. You say, how does a person become the, uh, the gossip that everyone knows? Don't tell them or the whole church will know. 
Well, it starts when we start to let the guard down in some of those small areas, doesn't it? Remember the little kid song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's true for kids, but little kids grow up. And we as adults need that very same information. Well, it might seem like an innocent glance on your way to work at that billboard, gentlemen, can blossom into something that you never expected it to be. Letting the chink in your armor and the guard to fall down can blossom into something that delves into something that mm, it ought not ever be. Maybe, ladies, here tonight, it's anger in your heart, bitterness towards an individual, resentment and unforgiveness, and you allow that one little thing to fester in your heart and it delves and develops into something that you never intended it to be, a monster inside of your heart. Can I submit to you here this evening, one of the greatest things you can do going into this new year is to keep your heart with all diligence. Make a determination that the company you keep and the entertainment that you enjoy, the music that you listen to in your car, the talk radio that you allow to be played through the radio, uh, the podcasts that you listen to on your phone, the YouTube videos that you scroll through, Facebook friends that you have, TikTok videos that you watch, uh, interactions that you have with coworkers, allow them always to run through the filter of keeping your heart with all diligence. Why? Because what you say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's just an innocent thing that's being let in. If we let too many enemies into our heart, if we're not keeping our heart with all diligence from what we've allowed in will flow the issues of life. And sometimes I think we hate the results of what's flowing out. If you see actions in your life right now, I don't like that I'm angry. I don't like that I have this lust. I don't like that I've got this bitterness. I don't like that I'm known as the church gossip. I don't like that I've got this problem and this issue and these things. Well, then we have to say this, those that are issuing out of your life, quit trying to fix the issues of the problem and sure up the gate of what's coming in your heart. You want to fix what issues out, fix what's flowing in. Because what's issuing out only issues out because of what you're letting in your heart. Whatsoever things are pure, lovely, of good report, think on these things. Allow that which is life-giving, beneficial, and will give you spiritual nourishment to flow into your life in 2024. Maybe it is that there's some music or entertainment or some company that you keep that you need to say this, that needs to be gone or needs to be limited so that I can keep my heart with all diligence so that from it will flow right issues in my life. I'll say this, I don't think Jimmy Swaggart woke up one day and decided to go be in gross immorality and sin. And I don't think three years later he did the same, and however many other times. I think it was because there were some small decisions that were made that became big decisions. So he allowed the guard of his heart to fall down. Keep the guard up in 2024. You say this, say with Paul, I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be unsavory salt. I don't want to be the individual at work that everyone goes, I thought you said you were a Christian. Don't be the family member that goes, don't you go to Bible Baptist Church? Do they, is that what Christians do? Come on now, that happens, doesn't it? Don't allow that to become your testimony where you malign not only your testimony, but that of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to be salt and light this year, like we talked about this morning, each one reach one, then we have to have a testimony that backs that up. How do we do that? Let's keep our heart with all diligence. Let's stand together as we come to a time of invitation. Here this